Bronan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the Zomundo podcast. In the golden age of podcasts, there was but one undreamed of. And unto this Zumundo, destined to wear the crown of pop culture upon a troubled brow. You are now listening to Doolin and Keith on the Zumundo Podcast. And welcome to Zumundo Podcast, episode 29. The yes. Thanksgiving episode. Indeed it is. To be released on Thanksgiving Day. Happy Thanksgiving to you, man. Happy Thanksgiving to you. How uh, how has your... I, w- I would say how has your week been, but like you were, we're going in, coming in a little bit early. We just recorded a couple days ago, so we're, yeah, we're back here and doing it again, dude. It feels like I never left. Uh, <laughs> we kind of didn't. Like, no, it's been good getting ready for the holiday weeks. So I know everybody's schedules are probably a little wonky with works and things like that. Um, but, you know, we got Thanksgiving coming up. Watch mm-hmm. a couple of shows this week. I watched some House of the Dragon and uh, a couple. Did, episodes. You, did you get into that? I, you know, I kind of like. I, I wasn't. I, I I struggled to get into it. Like I I I, I mean, it was some things I liked, but it wasn't really wasn't really for you. Like yeah, I watched Game of Thrones. Like mm-hmm. and like you know that hooked me. And like, I'm a episode big fan. One. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Me too. Um, but like yeah, I started watching. I'm like, eh, it's yeah. it's a lot different. You know, with the time gaps we've talked about, it's like two hundred years. Yeah, between prior. the episodes and stuff. And um, yeah, but they they're um, I actually got some some adjacent news for that later. But uh, yeah, I thought it was interesting. You know, it's cool. Um, I kind of watched a couple of breakdown videos of it mm-hmm. before, like when it first came out, and I'd seen like the first two episodes or whatever. Right, and that helped. Um, but I mean. Once again, any show that you got, somebody's got to explain the book to you or something. It's mm-hmm. probably, I, I get why people have a have a tough time with that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I think they're about to hit season two, right? Uh, yes, actually. Well, I'll just tell you now. And uh, a season three is okay. possibly in the talks. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Kind of cool. Yeah, that was cool. I watched the uh, the the foosball games on Sunday with the normal crew. And oh yeah, you got fun. you got the, your your Sunday your yeah. Sunday football. Watch the Bros. Dolphins in Tampa and all that good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. Sweet, man. Awesome. Well, well I we, went and did a, actually went to go talk to uh, doing some volunteering here in the community, which is nice. Yeah, what's and, up with that? Well, yeah, you know, I've, I've, well, I've worked with children for, you know, a lot of years and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I also do some things with um, with my girlfriend's school because she's a teacher and I do that. And so, but, you know, like I, I you know, I, I, I'm self-employed, so, you know, I make my own hours, so I have all these hours in the day with, like, nothing really to do, so, yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, I guess it's a good problem to have, right? right so, right. Um, yeah, I just want to go fill that up a little bit, and then we're going to go take a, a writing workshop I'm together. I'm very, very excited for this. Yeah. That's this week, right? Friday? Yeah. Okay. Yep, this will be, this will be um, Black Friday. We're going to go to the library and do this, because you've got, <laughs> you've got an you idea for stuff. a book you're kicking around. I got a couple, I, yeah. I've got a, I've got a story I've started, and uh, I think it'd be good just to have a little bit of uh, networking and support for that kind of thing. Yeah, I know you mentioned it last week. Um, I'm pretty excited that you're, uh, that you're doing that. That's a, it's a yeah, big well, I'm yeah. happy you're doing it with me. But um, that's gonna be funny because it's gonna lead right into some some good news here. What do you what do you what are you drinking? Oh over yeah, there, we'll, by we'll, the way? we'll we'll get. Why don't we? Uh, Wait, you want to you want to go ahead and get into the news? We can. Yeah. All right. So it's a special Thanksgiving Day edition of Brews News and Reviews. Here we go. Let's get it. And now it's time for drinks, takes, and things. It's drinks. Thank God. <laughs> drinks, takes, and thanks. Yeah. We're, uh, First, we talk about the drinks. What do you 
well, we're both drinking the same thing. So first of all, I also want to say it's really cool that you give back to the community. I think that's huge oh, thanks, and, man. and very important stuff. I don't mean to cut you off there to get right into the news, but no, it's all right. Uh, today I am actually having a root beer float, which I haven't had one in a long. Yeah, long so time. we're yeah we're, uh, we're, we we set the alcohol to the side because we're recording early and we're like as, as much as we love the drinks, we're not raging alcoholics. So this is a brew um, though. Yeah, it is a brew. We're having we're having a, a root beer float. It's kind of nice, man. It tastes kind of like childhood. You got some. Uh, I got some A and W root beer in there with uh, a little bit of Edie's vanilla ice cream, and it's uh, it's pretty good. There used to be like A and W places you could eat, right? They like still the exist. Yeah, stuff. they still exist. Yeah, that not so much in the malls. Kind of like friendlies. Well, malls kind of have taken a turn, from what I understand. Yeah, but, but yeah, A and W is still that's still a thing, man. You can cool, find though. those. I think there's one in Orlando. Neat. Yeah. Yeah. Corn dog. Corn dog at A and W is delicious. It is making man. me think of childhood <laughs> remember friendlies those little ice cream cups were so I good i don't think i ever don't think we ever had friendlies oh they had here. good strawberry shake too <laughs> anyway that's what we're drinking this week yeah which is pretty good let's uh let's get into some well instead of news we have takes but we we're going to talk a little bit about some of the news and our takes on them what's your take on that yeah. um what's uh well we got a couple i got a couple things to talk about here um, do I. um I'll, I'll i'll get us kicked off here um some more superman casting possible news so there's a one of my headlines. the internet is a buzz with the rumors about this I, I it is yet to be confirmed though so we're going to talk a little bit more we talked about it last week uh the superman reboot mm-hmm. um kurt russell kurt russell rumored to be coming in as jor-el really in the superman reboot so that'll be kind of interesting i just thought it was kind of funny like between him as jor-el and ego i'm like man kurt russell really loves playing space daddy doesn't he yeah this is cool i'm i'm down i'm I'm cool with that yeah i mean it's an interesting pick but um but it's it's yet to be confirmed but it it looks like it's kind of going that way space daddy space daddy that's hilarious yeah, Kurt Russell, Space Daddy. Uh, what do you got? So on, uh, we'll start with Superman. I guess we'll do movies. Um, Nicholas Holt has landed the classic role of Lex Luthor in Superman Legacy as well. He's a little young. He kind of looks young in the yeah, picture. Yeah, I, I mean, saw. he was he was also Beast in uh, X Men First Class. Oh, cool. Not the Kelsey Grammer version, but where they're younger. Right, the other yeah. one. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I just I feel like. Lex Luthor should be a little bit older than that. I don't know, but that's that's just kind of that's just my thought. But we still don't know who Superman is, though, right? Yeah, we do. David, oh, yeah, David right. Corn Sweat. Corn Sweat. That's <laughs> you, right, yeah. you say that every time. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, yeah, let's see. Uh, Nicholas Holt is. Uh, he's been around for a little while. He is I'm trying to think. Uh, he was. I think he's like early, um, early thirties or so, I want to say. Uh, like maybe like 32, 33 years old. Uh, yeah, he's 33 years old. Um, yeah. I just, I, I feel like Lex Luthor needs to be a little bit more distinguished. Like 43? Yeah, well, maybe <laughs> maybe like mid 40s. Okay. Like, like mid 40s, but in like really good shape, you know? Also, I don't know when, you know, I mean, they're pretty good at aging people now, and, and who knows what time frame this is well i, I mean like, it's a reboot, yeah, i think like the last time we had a young Lex was Jesse Eisenberg and. In, uh, uh, yeah, that was a while ago. Oh, God, and he was he was just so like clownish and annoying. Like that was one thing I really hated about that. But I don't know, man. I just feel like there needs to be a certain level of um, um, distinguished uh, persona that comes with Lex Luthor. And, and, age, and, and, and age, yeah, and age has something to do with that. But also like a man who is very like calm and calculating and in control More refined yeah exactly like, the most like man in the world I, like i'll be honest like i've yet to really see um lex luther portrayed on film in a way that i really like 
perceive Lex Luthor to be. Okay. Um, like per uh, the comics and stuff. Yeah, per the comics and that kind of thing. Like uh, Kevin Spacey, eh, no, not not really. Like you know, even Gene Hackman. Like I love Gene Hackman back in the Classic. day. Classic. Um, it just it's not more more kind of just you know menacing, but not. Not like Lex Luthor should be charismatic. I okay. think you know he yeah, should yeah. be likable. Anyways, I'll go. I'll I'll stop going on my tangent there. Oh, no, but, you're good, um, man, yeah, you're good. but that's cool. <clears throat> that was yeah, that's a cool one. Um, I've got some uh, uh, some short movie news here. I got a a picture of Eddie Murphy has surfaced Uh-oh. playing Axel Foley in Beverly Hills Cop Four. We talked about this <laughs> briefly, but it's ha- <laughs> I love that song. Uh, it's coming up, man. I you know part three was released in '94, right? This is actually. This has something to do with um, something I'm going to get into here in a few minutes. Okay. So just remember this conversation we're having right now because we're going to circle back okay, to cool. it. All yeah. right, go ahead. I'm just shocked this is even being made. Apparently, um, there I'm, was. I'm not shocked anymore. Uh, there was a plot that for a TV show where he was going to like come in as a cameo and it was going to be about his like son or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's he's you know it's it's hey it's in the works. I know it's we thought it was funny that we heard about it and it's still <laughs> happening. So there's a little update there. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> I got some book news for you too. All right, I'm interested. Ooh, man, that root beer flow. So, uh, what do I got? Some, what do you got? I think I read this on. I want to say IGN. George R. R. Martin has stated he's written something like a thousand pages on the new book, Winds of Winter, <sighs> which apparently he's is, never going to finish. This it. is a little bit of a troll. Apparently, that's the same number of pages he had written last December. I think at this <laughs> at this point at this point he's just he's made his money. He's done. He doesn't care about finishing Game of Thrones. Well, like. You, you know, yeah, maybe not. I don't. This is the sixth book in that, uh, and they're they're still talking about making more shows. Obviously, Game of Thrones is a massive hit on HBO, and they're they're talking about making a couple more shows with the IP. Uh, like we said, season two and three, House of the Dragon, and uh, there might be. Yeah, apparently they're working I'm, on a third. I want, season all right. for that. Here's here's the thing. The Game of Thrones series, like Song of Ice and Fire. Started in the 90s, right? 1996. Like, dude, I was, I was like, what, 13, 14 years old when he 15. started writing that. Okay, yeah, 15, whatever. No. It probably took him a while to write Anyways, um, 1996, dude, I am 42 years old now. Like, mm-hmm. how, how many decades is going to take you to finish writing six books, bro? Like, like and here's the... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it, it's okay, but it's just... And at this point, like, he knows he's not going to so finish good. it, and he's just kind of like... He's made his money. Maybe. He doesn't care, and he's annoyed with everybody asking him, when are you going to finish the book? So he's just dragging his Ooh. feet. The man's in his 80s, dude. Like, he's I'm not going to finish it. Yeah, obviously, it would be a lot different than the uh, season eight of the show. So <clears throat> if that's the same book, I don't know. There's a lot of these books, right? Um, I'm sorry. He's 75. He, he's a rough 75. Uh, kind of looks like Santa Claus or something. Um, but yeah, Dan, it, that's, uh, I hope he finishes it for the sake of finishing it, but, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not holding my breath or anything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I also haven't read all of them. I've, I've read part of the first one, which was pretty entertaining after you see the show, because you can kind of picture all the characters, you know, you're, you know, like the show if you want. Which yeah, of course. Cool, yeah. That was fun. It's nice to have like a visual medium in your head. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't um, know that. So this uh, this next thing I don't know where you I didn't want to cut you off. No, no. The okay. last thing I got is just which is probably a good thing to go into a comic. Well, man right afterwards. Okay. Um, all right. Well, here's here's a couple things I'm going to talk about here. Um, this one's just kind of more of a kind of like a game that we can play. You remember? Ooh. Like we? Yeah. I mean, this is kind of fun. So I like games. Um, game Rant, which is uh, a place where I pull a lot of my game news from. Okay. Uh, they released. Um, 
their ranked list of best video game villains of all time. And I thought this would be kind of fun. Ooh. So I have a list of 13 of them in front of me here. Okay. And I thought I'd ask you how many. How many no, well, you don't have to get all 13. Like, uh, if you list a couple of them, let's just see, like, no, how many fun, How yeah. many you think you can, how many do you think you can Ooh. guess correctly? I don't. Yeah, let's let's go. All right, here we go. So, best video game villains of all time. There's sir, you can you can mention as few or as many as you want, and we'll just see. Like, oh, you want me just to straight up guess some of them? Yeah, yeah, just oh, yeah, okay. just just guess some of them, well, and we'll see I'll which ones you start, can get. We'll do this time wise. I'm gonna say Ganon. Ganon is on the list. Yes, I'm gonna say um, King Koopa. Right, Bowser. Bowser, Bowser is yeah. number one. Okay, so so you, awesome. right now you're two for two. All right, two for two. Um, uh, Mother Brain from Metroid, maybe? So, strangely enough, um, Metroid is in there, but they chose Ridley from Metroid. Oh, which a is a good bad guy, yeah. Yeah, but not Mother Brain. Yeah. yeah, so you were close, close, not quite, but it's Ridley from Metroid, not Mother Brain. Right, we got to go a little bit more modern, though. Um, I don't know all the Zelda bad guys from all the Zelda games. It's not always canon, obviously, but there's probably another one of those that are on the list. How about Kefka from Final Fantasy? Kefka six, from six, Final six, Fantasy six slash three made definitely made the list. He's, yeah, some people say he would he be might, my number one personally. Yeah. Like he was, he was a bad dude, man. Like with with the the menacing laugh and like the theme song, he, like he poisoned an entire city dude like that was crazy up. yeah i mean no great villain though yeah he's uh his whole arc is supposedly pretty good um man what is the bad guy from metal gear that big robot uh, no see metal gear or, like uh, there's like ai or something right I'm, I'm looking on the list did metal gear make the list no i don't think metal gear made mm. the list what about shredder from the turtles or krang no no nope uh Oh man, I can't remember some of the names for some of these people. Um, good bad guys. This is a lot harder than I All right, it here, would I'll be. go ahead and I'll give you the rest of them here. Yeah, let's. So we have Lavos from Chrono Trigger. Okay, I don't even remember. Oh him. man, play, I, go play through it again. It's, yeah. it's definitely replayable. That's a great game, though. Dr. Wily. Oh man, Dr. Wily. I should have said that like first. Mm hmm. Team Rocket from Pokemon, which I'm, you know, Pokemon's yep, Team Rocket's a bit, great. Yeah. Oh, you know, I didn't think about that. What about the dude from Sonic? Is he on there? Dr. Robotnik is on yes. there. Yep. He's number three. Dr. Robotnik. Um, General Shepard from Call of Duty. I never okay, played Call of Duty. he's a bad guy, yeah. Uh, Ridley from Metroid. Micah Bell from Red Dead Redemption. Okay. Gladys from Portal, which is... I never really Oh, my God. That. Play Portal. It's awesome. Yeah. I've um, seen it played a lot. But. Well, actually, and, and strangely enough, like she has kind of a redemption arc in Portal Two. It's kind of crazy. Portal Two was very popular. Yeah, I love Portal Two. Um, Kefka, Sephiroth from uh, Final Fantasy Seven. Oh, you know what? That's like one I didn't finish. <laughs> Out of all of them, yeah. Uh, we have Vaz from Far Cry. Uh, Far Cry. Okay. Albert Wesker from Resident Evil. There's this. Wouldn't you just consider the zombies the bad guy in that? Yeah, but I mean, humans, like, you know how those zombie stories work. Like, the Somebody zombies are just. Scientists. Yeah, the zombies are just an ever present danger. Like, Indeed. the villains are the people, you Indeed. know? Indeed. Um, let's see. Then we have Dr. Robotnik, Ganon, and Bowser. So, that, okay. yeah, that's that's the list. I'm glad they kept it a little traditional there because they could have done all, like, the obscure Call of Duty bad guys, and I wouldn't have guessed a single one of them. Um, but I have played through pretty much all those games. I haven't played the new one, uh, Call of Duty 3, and I haven't played the campaign on Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, the, the newer one that came out. We just played a bunch of mm -hmm. multiplayer with that, which was fun. Um, 
All right, so I think you have some that's going to lead into Comic Man. So I'm going to go ahead and jump on this. Um, this is going to be kind of my, I don't want to say angry rant, but uh, <laughs> but this is definitely something that I, I feel like it, it bears uh, conversation. Okay. So GQ released an article um, yesterday. Now, <clears throat> excuse me. This isn't uh, going to be so much about the article itself, but the questions that this raised, because this kind of sent me down the rabbit hole about something. So the name, of, the name of the article is, Filmmakers, please make your rejected Star Wars pitches into non-Star Wars movies. So this is going to be about, um, so it's basically about Rebel Moon, right? Okay. Um, and so the, the first line of the, uh, of the article is, when Lucasfilm passed on Zack Snyder's idea for Rebel Moon, Snyder went ahead and made it his own. Is this the future of the blockbuster movie. Now, that kind of got me thinking about this because like This is interesting. Well, this is why I'm really so interested in Rebel Moon is because it's it's an original I mean it's inspired by something. Right. But it's original. You know what I mean? And that's I think why I'm so excited to see this thing because like I just I'm ready to see like new worlds and like new stories. Like, you know, like in the 90s, like Mrs. Doubtfire like came out yeah. with Robin Williams like we're not getting stuff like that anymore. Just a good movie. Yeah, everything yeah. is just like uh, piggybacked or remade or rebooted or a legacy sequel of everything like Beverly Hills Cop 4 now, right? You know what I mean? So It's a quadrilogy. I mean, like, the next big movie out is the Hunger Games prequel. Like, we've already had four Hunger Games movies. Now we're getting Indeed. another one. Indeed. I, I was kind of like, when they were saying that, I was like, is this one of the old ones they're putting back in the theaters? Like, yeah. I just... Yeah. So this is... Um, so I went, to, I went to Rotten Tomatoes and I just searched for... Um, all big studio movies coming out in 2024. Oh, interesting. And I have the list of them here. Okay. And we're going to we're going to go through these and tell me just tell me your thoughts on this. All right. So, um there is Mean Girls again, with, which is a so the 2004 Mean Girls inspired a Broadway musical Mean Girls. And okay. now this is the movie that was in, that is inspired by the musical that was inspired by the movie. It's got the it. Same, more of the same thing. <laughs> yeah, um, I we, think we should have nice girls. People should be have, nice to each yeah. other. Uh, Madam Web. Yep, which we uh, we talked about. Another Kung Fu Panda. Um, how many are there? That, There's that's, like is that four. The I think this is like the fourth one now. Oh wow! Okay. Um, Dune Part Two. That is kind of the natural. Yeah, I'll give that one because they rebooted it. Yeah, a it's a, it's a uh, yeah. I Apparently, know, but the, the last one was pretty sure. decent too. We have the next Ghostbusters. Okay, which is another franchise. Okay, Godzilla X Kong. Um, how many times have we seen that movie? At least twice now. Um, Furioso, which is a Mad Max prequel. Oh man, really? These are I I'm like I'm was... sorry. These are these are the movies. Like I'm not. There's only uh, you'll see, <laughs> these are the movies that are set to come out in 2024. Oh man, Garfield. There's been a bunch of Garfield. Kingdom movies. of the Planet of the Apes. Another Planet of the Apes. Bad Boys Four. Inside oh, Out Two. Gosh. I don't. I, I. Okay. A Quiet Place Day One. Okay. Despicable Me Four. I'm. Uh, there's so much of this. I'm not going to see. We're about halfway through this list. Okay. <laughs> Twisters. <laughs> All right. Well, we could do that one. Deadpool three, which is right. you know, I'm okay yeah, with that tracking, one. Yeah. Borderlands. Oh, Borderlands is going to do a movie. Yep. Or is it? Is it like nope, the video it's a movie? Game? Yeah, it's the video game. Ooh. Um, a yet untitled Alien movie. Right. I, I am tracking that too. Yeah. Craven the Hunter. Mm -hmm. Beetlejuice two. Yes. Transformers prequel. 
Yeah. Who's even in that? It's it's just going to be all CGI. It's going to like okay. it's it's like Megatron and Optimus on Cybertron before they left Cybertron. Okay. Joker two. There's a Joker one. Yeah, with jo- Joaquin Phoenix. You never saw it. Oh yeah, the Joker yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Terrifier three. I don't know no. what that is. Gladiator two, <laughs> which is which why getting, starting which to get why? weird when I'm hearing <laughs> more about it. Venom part three. Okay. Wicked Part One, which is uh, Wicked, if you don't know, is the Broadway musical about the Wicked Witch's life, and now it was really popular like on Broadway. The, like the, uh, the Legend of Zelda, the the Yellow Brick Road, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which it's Wicked Part One, so it's going to be the first part of two parts. Now that's one that we've only seen two movies from. You know, we've seen The Wizard of Oz and we've seen Return of Oz, right? Yeah. But there's a lot of those books that take place. Oh in that yeah, crazy I, I read a bunch of and them. Most of them are pretty terrifying. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Um. Yet another Karate Kid remake. Why? why? Yes, why indeed. Why? We've got <laughs> we've got Cobra Kai, man. Like, do we we've need that? We've remade it twice yeah. already. Yeah, exactly. They did it with the lady, and then we they, they did, did it with, with Jackie the, Chan and uh, uh, Jaden Smith. Yeah. Um. So, but we're doing it again because the next Karate because kid. fuck you. <laughs> and there was three of the original Karate Kids, yeah. wasn't there? Or two, uh, yeah, three, three of the originals, and yeah. then well, four if you count the next Karate Kid with Hillary Swank. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, like they with Pat Morita. Well, yeah, well, was, Pat Morita was in it as Mr. Miyagi. Da- um, Danny Russo wasn't in it, but it was. Uh, it was a continuation. It was a continuation. A reboot. Yeah, okay. not a sequel, but a continuation. If that okay. makes sense. A couple more. We're almost to the list here. Lord of the Rings: The War of the Rohirrim. What is that even relevant? I don't know. I don't want to insult anybody who really likes those books, but Mufasa. <laughs> Wait, the, the lion, the lion, like the the, lion the, the story of Simba's father, Mufasa, so a Lion King prequel, a Lion King prequel. We just redid the Lion King live yeah, action. Exactly. Sonic the Hedgehog three. That they're doing pretty well. Yeah, that, I mean, I'm franchise. okay with that. Yeah. Um, and beyond the Spider Verse, there are only. Well, a third Spider-Verse. A third Spider-Verse movie. We, we knew movie. that was going to happen yeah. because this one was set up, yeah. Now, of all of the movies coming out in 2024, there's only three that I haven't mentioned yet. Only three. The first one is called IF, if, or uh, short for Imaginary Friends, The Fall Guy, and Challengers. But The Fall Guy was a show, right? I know. I think this is an original thing, though. Okay. And The Challengers? The Challengers, it? yeah. Do you know what any of those things are about? Um, yeah, I read a synopsis. On. They're original. They're like original stories. Oh, okay. So you got three out of like 30. Yeah. Wow. That's like, and so that's the thing that like, and when I was sitting here scratching my head, like, why am I so excited for this rebel moon trailer? I'm like, because it's an original thing. So it is. And it's going to be cool. I also am really excited with it because we watched the Orville. And when that was obviously kind of a, a Star Trek like situation, he did it himself. He did it different, and it was highly entertaining. Yeah, so I was absolutely. Like, well, this is actually pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, and the Orville. I mean, if you go, if you get a chance to go back, watch the Orville. Watch all three seasons. It's a great show. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's it's highly unlikely they'll get picked up, but like I think they they kind of they had a thing where they knew that show was uh, not going to go on, like they weren't going to get renewed, or there was a small chance they might. So they okay. kind of wrapped it up on season three. Okay, cool. So it's like, it's it's a nice little self-pack, like three series and you're done kind of show. Okay, no, that's that's smart when people do that, yeah. you know, too. Like, it, it just feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought conceptually that was 
you know, those first couple episodes are pretty off the wall and you're like, there's no, and then you're kind of like, all right, this is actually Well, you know, really it's good. crazy because like in order for Seth MacFarlane to get that show going is, uh, they were like, oh, well, you're the family guy, dude. So it's gotta be wacky and funny. So he kind of pitched it as like a sitcom in space. Right. But as the show goes on, like there's some legit sci-fi in that show. Oh, absolutely. Like it's a yeah. cool, it's a cool show, man. Like, yeah, I dug um, it. Highly recommend it. But that was like kind of an original thing that we got that was inspired by Star Trek, but not Star Trek. You right. know what I mean? And, and when I'm looking at all of these things, I'm like, this is like, we're we're out of ideas. Guys. Like, the thing is, there's, well, when there's G- so GQ many ideas. Well, when GQ is giving you the idea, like... <laughs> when, when GQ, I mean, and they typically don't like Zack Snyder, you know what I mean? Right, right. But even they're saying, like, eh, you know what, maybe we just need to, like, instead be, of making yeah. new things, like, instead of doing Beverly Hills Cop 4... Why don't you just take that style of cop movie and make a new one? You know what I, I mean? I wonder if those are different studios too. I wonder if like somebody got word that was going to happen. They're like, we got to do bad boys War. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Right. Know, like things kind of come out. Yeah. Like similarly. let's bring, let's bring Will Smith and Martin Lawrence back for like another, another cop movie. Another, like, yeah. Buddy cop movie. <sighs> wow. That's interesting. I mean, if they do like a fourth 48 hours or 72 or 96 <laughs> hours or Nick whatever. Nolte yeah, and, we know it's, Nick it's gone Nolte. off the rails. Um, but no, yeah. And we, we were talking about that before about how like sometimes genres, like you'll get a couple big epic historical movies in the same like couple years, either mm-hmm. Patriot along with, you know, gladiator and stuff like that. But, yeah. Um, which I am excited for Napoleon. I guess there's some reviews out. I've watched a little bit of stuff on it. I mm-hmm. haven't seen it yet. So well, you know, I will, I'll go see it and do that. <laughs> That yep. should be interesting. I heard it's not as yeah. good as everybody wants it to be, but well, I mean, I, I, I definitely want to go see it. So yeah. maybe we'll go see that and review it. That sounds pretty good. Heck yeah, uh, yeah. But we got we'll some. probably not on Friday because um, we got a writer seminar to go to, and that's cool too. Yeah, that's cool too, man. All right, um, you said you got one more thing to lead into Comic Man. I do. Um, yeah, more this. Yeah, not really a review lead in, but a Comic Man reel. So Steve Yoon, the guy from. Um, the Walking Dead. Yeah, he's going to play a guy called the Sentry in an upcoming MCU movie. Correct. Yeah, TBD. I, I from heard. what I understand, um, this guy's name is uh, Robert Reynolds. Is the is the Sentry, and uh, it came out in the early in two thousand. Um, his first appearance was Sentry number one, or mm-hmm. the, the Sentry number one. It had five issues, but apparently this guy's been wrapped up in like a lot of other teams, like New Avengers and things like that. I could be wrong. Charles probably. I'm going to ask him a little bit about it just to get a little more background on this guy. But he's like a middle aged dude Mm -hmm. who's not necessarily cool but used to be a big superhero doesn't realize it and he realizes he's like half of another person type thing and they i don't know it's kind of an interesting yeah i mean he's uh i think he was a marvel's answer to superman when he came when he came out just because he has like the same power set basically yeah yeah um but yeah i think we can probably get into that with the comic man here in a couple minutes that was yeah last uh casting thing i saw i can do my review real quick oh do you have a oh do you have a review oh i forgot about i forgot about your review i'm sorry go ahead man friday was this friday i watched this i watched this movie on friday when Mm -hmm. like we have reverse weekends here where like i don't do anything on the weekends we do everything during the week it's really weird yeah um and uh, I watched this movie called 10.0 Earthquake. I was like, I just want to put something on TV. I clicked <laughs> one of the random apps, and I was just like, all right, here we go. Okay. Um, is this like a low-budget kind of like disaster? I, I love those movies, man. It, it is, but I mean, parts of it were entertaining, right? So it's a typical, I say typical disaster movie. Typical being that LA is the, and it's going to go and, uh, you know, fall into the ocean essentially due to earthquakes and stuff like that. Um, the twist here is not only that it's going to collapse in the ocean, 
but specifically that it's going to sink into a giant sinkhole uh-huh. that is uh, caused by fracking and evil, greedy oil tycoons. Oh, <laughs> evil capitalism. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure there's even an oil rig in L.A. County. There might be, but this is news to me. So it's, you know, it's got some interesting movements. It's got that, like I said, made for TV feel. Um, <laughs> and uh, the characters are okay. The typical divorced oil guy ends up saving his old family, of course, or his family, I should say, uh, mm-hmm. that he has to team up with a crazy scientist and a new doctor to evacuate LA in time to avert the big disaster. They also have, there's more to the movie. I'm not going to give the whole thing away, but right. um, the film quality yeah. is, is. Thank you for not spoiling it because I yeah, know there's a 10.0 earthquake would have been. No, you're, it's classic, you know. Um, I will say this like uh it it's it looks like it's made for tv but the effects aren't horrible right um the acting is not great it does have the dad from beetlejuice uh who is jeffrey jones okay uh, he's the that cra- guy oh my god man yeah. i haven't seen that guy in forever he plays like the crazy smart doctor guy that nobody believes mm-hmm. and then um the teenagers are all pretty forgettable it's like a jock a nerd a bully you know that kind mm-hmm. of stuff and they make bad decisions all over the thing sound uh, i have to say sound in this movie was actually pretty good for such a cheap movie and uh, overall, man, you know, while it's nowhere near as good as 2012 or anything like that, um, it's not the worst movie I've seen, but it's not a <laughs> hidden gem or anything either. You know, it's it's definitely... Uh, it's just middle of the road kind yeah, of thing. It's, uh, it's you know, it's on there. It's free on, on one of the streaming apps. So go check it out. 10.0 Earthquake. Um, you know, if not, you're not missing anything. All right. Yeah, 10.0 Earthquake. All right. Well, uh, on that note, let's, uh, let's go ahead and get Comic Man let's, on the Yeah, line. let's go. Let's hang out with him. Send it. Man from Baltimore. He's got more books than a comic store. From X-Men to Fantastic Four. All the sagas he's explored. It's time to check in with Comic no, Man. I really gotta get my girlfriend to do a theme song for me at some point. But uh Yeah, that's a classic one right there. <laughs> but for now, that one belongs to Charles. Comic Man, <laughs> Comic Man, what's up, buddy? What's going on, guys? How are we doing? Doing uh, great, man. I hope you're having a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, you guys too. It's a lot of food. That's all I want. <laughs> it's all I'm thankful for. <laughs> same, same. I love Thanksgiving food. It's so good. It's, it's the best. It's it's just, it's just nothing like. I would have it like weekly if it wasn't a pain. <laughs> <laughs> if it didn't take like two days to prepare, yeah. Exactly. You know, I asked Melanie was watching the uh, the kitchen. And the uh, the one guy's an Iron Chef, and he buys two t- t- turkeys, one for presentation and one to carve. I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh, you know, wow. I would buy two turkeys to eat. Forget the presentation for you out of your damn mind. <laughs> so yeah. my my girlfriend, who is currently training for a 50 mile run, and I you heard five zero. That's impressive. A 50 mile run. Um, said to me the other day, she's like, I signed us up for the Thanksgiving Day turkey trot, and I said, I'm oh. sorry. I was like, you did what now? <laughs> and she's like, she's like, yeah, I signed you. You get up. It's only a 5k. You can do it. And I'm like, yeah, but. At what time? She's like, it's like seven o'clock. And I'm like, I don't want to get my ass out of bed at seven o'clock. She's like, yeah, well, Sonny, before we go eat turkey, we can run first. And I'm like, yeah, you'll be more hungry. I was like, it's, it's, well, then it's a trot and that's what I'm going to do. All right. So, yes, exactly. Are you going to bionic <laughs> woman? Are you going to dress like a turkey? Maybe I will. <laughs> people do that here. The, the, the turkey trot up here, people dress up a lot. There's a lot of people that do that. It's weird. Oh, that's really <laughs> it's funny. Maybe weird. I should dress as like a, dress as a native and God. <laughs> <laughs> that would go over super well. The funny, you know what? <laughs> Going back only just a couple of years ago, I used to dress up as a native for my job at uh, Tweetsie Railroad, the Wild West theme park that I used to work at. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but yeah, they, and then I finally I found out like only just two years ago they discontinued having um, the natives in 
the shows, which oh, I think okay. is really funny. I was like, I was like, really? Only two years ago, man. That hold that held on a long time. Dude. Yeah, you would you would have thought when everything went down, bam, that was yeah, the end of that exactly. immediately. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know you said there's not a lot happening on the uh, on the shelves this week. Um, so Keith uh, has a couple of um, comic related new uh, news related things and a couple of other comic related questions he wanted to fire at you for this week. Yeah. Um, well, I I want to. I just want to ask you real quick about the the character the Century from um, we were just talking about yes. Century yeah from from Marvel and uh, they're going to put him in the MCU Stephen Yoon from uh, The Walking Dead is going to play him and um, he's Glenn. kind of an interesting character apparently and I did a little research he appeared in the <laughs> Century number one back in the year two thousand they only ran five issues of it um, but he's ended up in a bunch of other like teams like the New Avengers and probably some other things I just didn't know if you had he's any. A- yeah, he was a big player in Bendis's new. He he was a funny character because his whole backstory was similar to the Spider Boy story I talked about a couple of weeks ago, where his whole origin was basically meant to make us believe this character has always been there, but because he was so mm. powerful, he was locked away and no one remembers. And at, at one point, <laughs> when he's on the New Avengers, everyone starts to remember who he was. And like apparently, him and Rogue had like you know, an almost thing at one point. And like you know, oh, okay. just to create some sort of like, even though like we never saw any of that, there was a, it was an in-story excuse for you know he's this super powerful you know he's he's schizophrenic and and that's that's kind of like how they, they play it off that there's this void is what it's called this like dark side to him that he constantly keeps at bay. But the void is mm-hmm. actually also Bob Reynolds. So we don't really know what the full truth is, but his huh. the scope of his power is insane. The first time we really see him get into like some real action is in um, New Avengers. The Avengers had broken up after Avengers disassembled. That's when Scarlet Witch went a little cray. She killed <laughs> Ant Man. She killed Jack of Hearts. She oh, killed wow. Vision. She killed Hawkeye. And then that wound up leading into the House of M storyline. Okay. And in the ashes of House of M, because because in the House of M, like the Avengers wanted to take her in. But Magneto's like, this is my daughter. This is a mutant issue. You come through for her. You're coming through me. Yeah. And she was she was kind of like in the middle of it. And Quicksilver whispered to her and made the suggestion that do something with your powers. And she created the House of M to create mm-hmm. this world where there was no conflict. But of course, there actually was conflict. Right. Of yeah. Of course. And um, you know, everything got and everything got fixed up. When it all when all the dust settled, a new Avengers team was you know born from the ashes. You know, and Brian Michael Bendis had taken over the Avengers run to write Avengers Disassembled. Um, and issues like 500 to like 502 or whatever it was. Oh, wow. And then and then we had like New Avengers number one. That's what brought Spider-Man, Luke Cage, Wolverine. That was like that like team that became like all like the popular guys thrown mm-hmm. on. And it starts with a big prison break at the raft. And they're getting wrecked. They can't stop yes. anything. And then in flies this dude, the sentry. And he rips Carnage into pieces and throws him into the sun pretty much. And like his sentry is just like this like, crazy like Ooh. badass but because he's a little bit susceptible to mental manipulation because he has such pa- like so so much so much power and not knowing how to deal with it as bob reynolds his uh he was taken advantage of by green goblin by norman osborn and oh. used as his secret weapon to fight against asgard during siege oh wow and um he wound up killing Loki and then he wound up being like, you know, killed off and then returned and killed off and returned. So he, he's one of those characters that he's so powerful. It's a cool idea. They don't know what to do with him though. Yeah. So okay. every time he comes into play, they have to find a way to like nerf, nerf him, him and take him <laughs> out. You know, just, just, just like when he fights the Hulk in world war Hulk, when Hulk comes back after planet Hulk, after being stuck on a gladiator planet Okay. and he's 
unlike in the movie version of him being a gladiator in the comic books the illuminati which we saw a lot of in the doctor strange right. uh, sequel right right they send him off to a planet because he's been tricked they send him off like he's always wanted to be left alone He's too destructive. He always loses control. Let's send him someplace where he'll be happy. No one will bother him. And they had planned on sending him to this planet that they had charted out. And it wound up being like hijacked in the middle and like sent through a portal. And that's what landed him on Sakaar. Oh, okay. And uh-huh. he was so, so he had no idea. He thought they sent him there. And then when his ship blew up and killed the wife that he had made, like in this, you know, while he was there, the wife he had gotten. Uh, it was one of his own people did that because didn't want him to go home, wanted him to stay there and help the people. Oh, wow. But he blames the Illuminati. So when he came in back to Earth, he was coming in hot and just <laughs> laying waste to everybody. That, that's what World War Hulk was all about. Okay, but um, but like you know, we had that. That was like right in the aftermath of like Civil War, and then we had Siege which was in the aftermath of Secret Invasion, which was all of the Skrulls taking over. Norman Osborn gets the kill shot on Veronke. She's the Skrull queen, mm-hmm. knocks her down on television. So, so he becomes the face of heroism, even though he's a bad guy. And because the Skrull invasion happened while Tony Stark was director of S.H.I.E.L.D., Stark was discredited and shield was disbanded and hammer came into play and wow. that was norman osborne and he was able to control that so he had his own team of dark avengers he had the iron patriot armor he had wolverine's son to ken as his wolverine bullseye was his hawkeye Ooh, uh, moonstone okay. was his okay. captain marvel so like he, he, he had all his like this cool. dark avengers yeah team. i like it i like it that's cool yeah and asgard was at this point floating a couple of feet above the ground in broxton oklahoma Mm-hmm. Okay, and so that, instead okay. of instead of being overseas like it is now like in, in the movies with valkyrie right and that was that was the status quo for us so he went to invade asgard and his secret weapon was sentry and sentry was the big well wound up being the big bad during that during the siege storyline so he's got a lot of power he's been used a lot but they use him like but also not a lot because they can't use him too much because he's so damn powerful yeah right, right. it's kind of like and they had to kind of write um carol danvers out of endgame because like she's powerful she's so yeah. powerful like what the hell are we gonna do with yeah. her? i don't know send her off world man like the, the legendary yeah just, fist, just, just fist go, go away yeah. <laughs> yeah that's wild so man. yeah I, i'm i'm the, the casting on i'm not really I don't. I don't know what the casting's about. I mean, like, I, I love. I love the actor. I mean, I loved. Him. I oh, loved him as Glenn. Yeah. I loved him in. Well, I loved him in Nope. So I don't know if you saw Nope. He I, was amazing in that. I gotta watch that. He was. No. He was fantastic. I love Jordan he, Peele, great so movie. I definitely want to check it out. Yeah, he, he was. He was really good in that. He plays like this, like, uh, like, like a circus, you know, type, like a you know, rodeo owner, like in this, like, in this town that they're in, and he's fantastic in that. But he doesn't have the physicality. Never mind that he's not this like you no know, blonde hair, blue eyed, like you know mm-hmm. whatever, like Bob Reynolds. He's just he's His not imposing enough. Is yeah. lacking. That, that's what I mean. It, it's not a voice thing, actor. And that was the thing I liked about Stephen Yoon as Glenn on The Walking Dead was like, you know, he wasn't a big guy. He wasn't a tough guy. He was, you know, he was spry and he was very um, intelligent. Intelligent and yeah. like I mean, he was, he was I mean, never going to be like Shane little, or Daryl. He was resourceful. Or any of those you know? guys. But, but yeah, he's super ba in his own way. You know. Uh, yeah, yeah, he does. He he's he knows how to get by. He knew how to survive. I mean, you know, up until you know Negan came into the picture, and you know, but he 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 was he was long lasting. Like he was he was there from you know from from the jump, pretty right, much. Yeah, right. yeah. Even in the comics, he was there from like the second issue. 
you know, until he was killed off in issue 100 by Negan. Mm-hmm. So he lasted quite a bit longer than a lot of other characters that became more well-known because they came after the fact. But he was around for, you know, 99 yeah, issues. That actually it's reminds me, good I think for, that's really good. A, a, little, a little bit off to the side. I think at some point, um, I think we're going to have you come on and we'll talk about Kirkman's like entire Walking Dead run. Oh, I think awesome. that'd be a yeah. cool. Oh, yeah, a, that was yeah. great. I think we should we should definitely get into that because I keep on hearing more and more stuff about it now, like years after the fact. I'm like, you know what? I never read it. But we'll 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 do like a, we'll do a, a breakdown of the Walking Dead run at some point. That sounds like a lot of fun because yeah, the shows are still it's, going. It's, it's a good yeah. The show, I have I honestly haven't watched any of the shows like since they, it's just been like there's been too much to keep up with. And I just had it. Well, they time. have like three four spinoff shows I was, I was now. Say, yeah, like the original the original is done, but they have spinoff shows that are still going. Yeah, the original I watched. I, I really I actually wound up really liking the way they wound up wrapping things up. It was a nice you know little ending. Uh, it was a really very different pivot from the comic. I mean they they. From the comics in a lot of ways, yeah. very early on. Mm-hmm. Um, even with like, yeah, you know, I was they were gonna do like Rick losing his hands like he does in the comic book, but they said that the green screen would be too expensive to do consistently. Yeah. So they wound up going along with that. That was during the governor storyline. But um, but yeah, I mean, there's yeah. you know, his his baby even being a part of it, the governor kills his baby oh in, in the in the comic. When he when Laurie dies, you know Laurie doesn't die in childbirth. She dies holding the baby. They're both gunned down when the governor goes yeah. to the prison. Wow! So that's like a completely different thing. And like you know, Carl lives to the end, and Rick doesn't. You know, mm-hmm. and it's but like it's but the the comic book, you know, the it was that's the comic book version. But then the, the TV version takes it completely different directions. Yeah. Right. You know, there's very few things that they got like some things they went like seeing like Negan was very on point. Like Negan doing his like whole eeny meeny miny mo. Mm-hmm. That was that was baller. I mean, that was some of it was line for line. I mean, like there were some things that were just you know just Jeffrey Dean Morgan killed that role. I mean, he yeah. was, he was amazing in that role. Um, but uh, but yeah, yeah. It, it meandered for a bit. But they it really uh it, it got really once they got I, f- I forget who the woman is that took over. Mm-hmm. Um, once she took the helm again, she did she did so much better with it like she was just like all right no more of these bs episodes for spending an hour and a half talking about a guy with a stick it was kind of like when lost had their tattoo mm-hmm. epiphany moment yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she dark, recognized man. that yeah she recognized that and i think she did a really good job might have been a little bit too little too late for some people but yeah. um by the end like the last the last couple episodes were really really tight right on yeah. well this actually uh kind of kind of leads into what what I what I gotta ask you this week because mm-hmm. I mean this that's the reverse right a comic that made it into pop culture yeah exactly yeah, really yeah big yeah. big show big awesome stuff but um I was kind of looking around I watched a um, um my Oliver Harper YouTube thing about all the RoboCop video games this week and it's Rogue, a lot I think Rogue City is is like it's, it's one, getting yeah. great reviews so. yeah yeah it is um but I was thinking of things like that like so RoboCop obviously a movie first um later became a, a comic with like RoboCop versus Terminator right. Um, you also have things like Alien versus Predator. That was a comic book, kind of after all the movies had been made, and and some of that stuff was written. Um, so I was going to ask you: Are there any other things that have made a reverse transition into comics that are not, um, you know, movies we might know? Movies. So you're talking don't. about like so things like Harley Quinn, for example, right? Like started on the animated series, became her own thing in the comic books. Like X twenty three too. X twenty three. Yeah, one. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and there's probably some hidden gems out there that we don't know about. So I was going to ask well, you so about some this. things. 
yeah, I mean, some things just even started just in different mediums besides like like Kryptonite and Jimmy Olsen and, and some of those yeah, some that, of Superman's I, powers came from the old radio serial back in the day. They had to change right? the actor and they were like, Superman, why is your voice different on the radio? And they're like, oh, Kryptonite. And then so, thus Kryptonite was born, you know? <laughs> yeah, and they're like, let's go. Let's roll. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Let's go. So with it. What are some cool examples of this that you can think of? Obviously, like things like Robocop versus Terminator. Uh, Star Wars actually made a transition into comics and did pretty well as well. Um, so, G.I. Joe you know for what if it's that's a cartoon property but that's still like no they just they just you know released issue 351 of a real american hero gi joe and and the fascinating thing about that is it's been under four different publishers wow. and it has stayed the same the same writer for almost all of it but it's it's kept the same continuity and numbering instead of like when when dark horse had star wars more recently before mm-hmm. marvel got it it was a 19-issue run, and Brian Wood was right again. It was pretty good, but it was very truncated because once Star Wars was given to Marvel, that was it. No, that, that we're not. We're going completely different. We're rebooting everything. You know, we're doing away with the EU. We're doing away with mm-hmm. all that stuff. Right. New continuity time, and that book basically became like kind of like some of the EU novels. It mm-hmm. happens, but it didn't happen. With the G.I. Joe comic, they actually – it started with Marvel, and then they carried it over to the next company. It's actually three companies, not not, not four, but it went to IDW, and it kept the same numbering and kept the storyline intact. That's really cool. And now that it's over at Image, it's – it's separate from the image comics that I've talked about in this new like Transformers GI Joe little corner that Kirkman's created. It's separate from those GI Joes. Right. Those are in this new like whatever, but they're keeping the real American hero with the original numbering 351 just jumping right into it and it's going to continue Larry Hammer's story that he started back 350 issues ago when he was writing for Marvel Comics. And that's that's like one of the most enduring ones I can think of like as yeah, far as like you no know, a, a sure. Property could become a comic book. I mean, it's outlived the show by decades. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, absolutely. It, indeed, yeah. Cool. But there's there are some probably they'll, they'll every once in a while they'll do comics based on like Critical Role has has comics. Oh yeah, well, okay. we, well we watched um we watched uh, Legend of Box Machina, uh, Box Machina and yeah. it was like was we, a, like we oh. binged the whole thing in one night. Like this show is great, you know. Uh, Anna yeah. and I loved that show. Yeah, the first <laughs> season was hilarious. Yeah. This the second season is great now, and it's it's sad that we're not going to get Lance Lance Reddick back because oh, he was man. the voice he was the voice of the of, of the uh, Hordak the uh, whatever the oh. uh, the big dragon mm-hmm. okay. the big bad um, in season two. So he uh, you know with his passing, <laughs> they're going to have to sometimes I recast. I, I wonder if Critical Role was pre scripted sometimes because I watch I'm like you know it's like the the story is just way too clean for an Im- yeah. for an improvised. Dungeons and Dragons campaign. That, you know what I mean? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I don't know. Like I don't know. I mean, whatever. They make good. They make. They make great stories. But you know, it's just I'm like wow, man. That's like really well scripted. You know. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. They've had Vox Machina comics. They've had Dragon Age comics. You know, the Dragon Age uh, you know, the video, video game. Yeah. Um, Overwatch has jumped into it. Um, we had a recent Fortnite versus, like, you know, Fortnite versus the Marvel Universe type, you know, crossover that I got for Alex because Alex likes, you know, Fortnite. Okay. So he, um, so that was like a six issue. It, com- it takes place completely outside of like, you know, the continuity. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, but it's pretty cool. But it's, it was still pretty fun to see like, you know, Wolverine with the Fortnite characters yeah, and, and yeah. stuff like that. So. They'll do little things like that. There's a Rainbow Six. Uh, some like smaller independent okay. presses have done like some videos. So you'll, you'll see a lot more more common with like video games than you will with like live action stuff. Outside of Buffy, 
Buffy ah. for a while. Mm-hmm. I have every Buffy comic. Buffy was with Dark Horse, and Buffy has, you know, now Buffy is with Boom, and it's a completely different continuity, and it's dumb as hell. But, <laughs> but, um, but Buffy was with Dark Horse for years, and it was happening concurrently with the show. So it was kind of like oh, that's kind of cool. filling in some gaps in between episodes, filling in some, like, you know, past gaps. There were a lot of, like, past stories of, like, you know, what Spike and Drusilla were doing, like, before he killed the Slayer and the Boxer Rebellion. Mm-hmm. Uh, some stories. That, that t- so they had an Angel comic, they had a Buffy comic. And then they did Buffy season eight in the comics, and that took place after season seven of Buffy. And they had an Angel, you know, new Angel book, and it was taking place after Angel season five because that went, when that went off the air. And they continued the story and everything. They did oh. a couple of seasons like that. So kind of like Joss- um, oh, sorry not to cut you off. So they kind of they kind of wrapped it up in the comics as opposed, or kind of like when a like a show does a movie at the end of it. Like what was it? Yeah, yeah well, well, I mean, I mean, and the show is wrapped. I mean, the show is had wrapped. Everything was done. It was years later, and they were like, you know what? Let's do a comic book. But instead of going back to the you know the old school, like you know, and the same stuff we've already revisited, mm-hmm. let's just continue the story. And Joss Whedon wrote. You know the first, you know, several issues of Buffy season eight, oh, far out, and it was a whole different thing. And then we had like Angel having his own, like, you know, spinoff again that took place and dealt with what happened at the end of Angel season five, and just picked up the pieces from the finale of this, of that series. And it was, uh, it, it ran for a number of years. Angel had like Angel his own book, then he had Angel teamed up with Faith. It was Angel and Faith had their book, and they did it in seasons. They did like season eight, season nine, ten. I think it went up to like eleven or twelve. Oh, that's cool. But they did several seasons, and like they were like you no know, shorter runs, you know, like you no know, between like twenty and like thirty issues or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. But just like you know, just to to mimic like an actual television series. And they it was mixed results. Some some were just kind of like, "What are you doing? Yeah. This makes no sense." <laughs> but 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 especially since like you know, I guess they took advantage of we don't have a budget with a comic book. Right. We can do whatever the hell we want. It, it, it was it was kind of just like just throwing things at the wall. <laughs> but it was fun to see like how the characters like you know how how the callback to the old show. Warren coming back in the yeah. comic books. He was he was the big bad in season six. He's the one that shot um, Willow's girlfriend Tara, you know. And and so it's it was it was cool to see how that all you know how that all played out. Right. But yeah, that's another that's another one that made a jump from like a they did have Firefly comics. I did not read them, but okay. they did have some Firefly comics briefly. But uh, you'll see that with like you've mentioned Predator, Alien, uh, RoboCop. Star mm-hmm. Wars is the big one right now. Star Wars is, especially since it's under Marvel, there's like so many different. They have the High Republic series. They've got Star Wars itself, and they've been doing adaptations of some of the um, some of the shows. Right now, they have a, right now the Mandalorian season two is being adapted in the comic book, oh, and so oh, is the Obi Wan okay. series. So Din Djarin has yeah. effectively made the leap to comics. So there you go. Yes, yeah, 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 and it's all and it's all just saying, and it's it's pretty much like. Like like a like a movie like you know when they used to do movie novelizations back in the day, mm-hmm. you know like you'd have like it's it's just like that like it's but it's comic book form, That's and they're doing cool. it like episode by episodes. Yeah, so like the first season of Mandalorian for the comic books was eight issues, and the second season is going to be eight issues, just like the first, you know just like the show was, and it's like basically a scene for scene for the most part recreation of what you saw in the live action. So, so it's, it's 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 a neat little thing. That's really good for people who are you know maybe want to read comics and they don't know what to get into they can find something that they already like like you're saying yeah. like buffy or, or star wars for example and then kind of yeah. kind of if you know like you're saying the scene for scene one's probably great for somebody who's a really big fan of that show um but then there's well and also for the people who can't, can't afford who can't afford or don't want disney plus 
now you can read it in the comic book form for four bucks a month for eight, mo- oh, for eight months go. versus yeah. spending your into that, that amount of money on a month for a subscription. Yeah, so, I mean, a story <laughs> yeah. is a story, you know? It's, yeah, yeah, you've got it. You've got it right there. I mean, it tells you what's, what's happening, but it's, I'm actually in the process of rereading the entire Marvel star Wars run from oh, like wow. when Jason Aaron started it back in 2015 to, um, you know, to I'm, I'm going through the first 75 issues. Cause that was taking place between new hope and empire. Is so it, I'm just going through that story now. It's kind of fun, like going back and being like, yeah. "Oh, I forgot that that had happened." That's pretty neat, you know. It's it's fun to see like these. The story I'm in right now is very heavily um, referencing uh, Rogue One. Oh, cool! So oh, it was cool right. seeing that making the jump into the comics and referencing, you know, Jyn Erso and 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 you know Cassian Andor and all these different characters that played parts. Mm-hmm. And um, Saw Gerrera and all these characters that we've only seen in the movies, mm-hmm. and then made the jump into the comic. So there's a little bit of like you know like Ouroboros type situation mm-hmm. going on there. <laughs> nice, sweet. Nice. Is uh, would you say? Star- yeah. What's your favorite one? Would you say it's Star Wars or Star Wars proper? I mean, Doctor Aphra, I really like. I've mentioned her several times. She appeared first in um, in the Darth Vader comic. There are three. There are four main ongoing Star Wars right now. There's Bounty Hunters, that has a just a, a, a just it's and it's not even the Bounty Hunters you would think of. It's it's a lot of the ones that kind of like on the fringe, you okay. know, type. So but so it's kind of fun. Yeah, because um, and these are all taking, a lot, yeah, yeah, and, and this is all taking place in the same like time period. But right now, it's between Empire and Jedi. Okay, uh, there's Darth, yeah, there's Darth Vader, there's Star Wars proper, and Doctor Aphra. Nice. Aphra appeared in an issue of. Darth Vader early on in this, you know, new universe they created. And she was just basically this, you know, almost like a female Indiana Jones without the scruples. Right. You know, she's just a, she's like the lovable rogue, you know, sometimes not really a heart of gold, you know, but, but like, you know, she's, she's in it for herself. But like, she has those moments of like, no, I'm going to be okay with it. She's, she's an archeologist. She's really cool. And then they just gave her her own spinoff, you know, series, and that's you know that's you know lasted. It's I think it's on issue like thirty nine just came out, and it's her second volume. They rebooted her her series, well not rebooted, relaunched her series when the um, when they went into the next era you know, right. between Empire and Jedi. Okay, and just you know just kept the same. But the, the creative team is fun. The book is great. Uh, her her cast of characters and they're like always on the fringes, but they'll cross over every once in a while with the, with the other Star Wars books. Right now, they are for Dark Droids. Mm-hmm. They had a story with her meeting you know Luke Skywalker you know early on in that run, which was a lot of fun. Like you know oh, she cool. was working for Darth Vader, but also was like you no know, betraying Darth. She has her own uh, C three PO and R two <laughs> that are just that are murderous droids. They're like crazy <laughs> murderous, and um. But like they're always trying to kill her, which is a fail safe, so they can't kill her. So they're reluctantly helping her out, even though she like lets them like murder whoever she want they 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 want to, within reason. But she's working for Darth Vader originally to capture Luke Skywalker because he's found out who Luke is. He wants this is before Empire, and he wants to like he wants this boy. He's like he's like bring me the boy, mm-hmm. and um, she eventually of course betrays Darth Vader, and she's not a good guy, oh. but she's not a bad guy either. Right. So she's so a lot of fun. In the middle. So I, she's. Star Wars stuff is fun because you know that, the, but like I mentioned before, there's no real stakes in it because you know these characters are going to survive. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it is it is cool seeing the things that like we didn't get to see on big screen or like you know seeing these little like you no know, fun little side stories that we never heard about, but there's still no gravitas. Like I know Luke's not going to die because right. He's right. in the next movie. You know, die, I know Han. You know? Han will be rescued because he's in the next movies. You right. know, so it's it's that sort of thing. But with Afra. 
her cast is like so like kind of like all over the place that you can get away with a lot more and have a lot more freedom and uh i, I still i like that darth vader had a great story dealing with padme's handmaidens okay where you know all, all of the you know I remember when kira knightley's character gets killed off in phantom menace because you know she looks like padme right you know and, yeah. and like we and we find out that it's you know that that she's not the queen after all that she's like you no know, she's been standing in natalie portman in disguise right uh we have those handmaidens going after darth vader because they figure out that he's anakin well, that's pretty cool and it's a and it's a yeah, it's a really cool story that 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 takes place with him like we get to see a lot more of vader's feelings and his perspective mm-hmm. on seeing this woman who looks so much like his you know former wife and that's kind of funny and dealing and with the, the guilt of it the great thing about switching mediums like that is yeah. you know you have a story centered on vader like that or around vader and if you're reading a comic or a novel or something like that like the the writer will visualize or vocalize that character's thoughts for you and you don't yes. get that in the movie so really it offers True. a lot more insight than you're going to get on a disney plus show or in a movie you know i like that and it, yeah, and, and there's a great scene like early on in one of the Star Wars books, um, where Vader kind of like you know gets his ass beat a little bit, and his mask gets knocked off, and a stormtrooper comes over to like help him out, and is, is like, you know, Lord Vader, we have, and he kind of like recoils when he sees his face. He's like, oh, I, I'm sorry, sir, I didn't see. And Vader just looks up and just twists his hand and just just turns the guy's head completely around. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, it's just like you don't even have to say anything. Like you, it, the the art is really this. The particular artists they've gotten have been top notch and very um, almost borderline uncanny valley photorealism on a lot of them. Wow! So you really it, it's it's like that looks like Harrison Ford. That looks like right, you right. know like you know like Carrie Fisher instead of just like you know random people that just happen to have like a Star Wars logo slapped onto them. So they did a really good job of picking the artists to go with the story because the art can make or break some of these stories. And oh, when you're talking about established characters that have like a real life you know analog you really want to sell it this is the same character that you've been following all these years right. yeah their personalities their their even yeah, the way it comes they, they move and stuff like that i could imagine that would be kind of interesting to adapt to a different movie. yeah the little the little facial expressions that like when like the when smirks. han does something yeah exactly you can you can see that like arrogant condescension in harrison <laughs> ford's face you know popping through mm-hmm. the pages and oh, like that's, that's cool, important man. to really sell it because some of those things, like when when he does that shrug, when Han does that little shrug, you know, like you know, yeah, everyone's yeah, seen the meme of it, you know, the, the you know the gif and like you know him just doing it. You don't even have to know; you just see that it, it says everything about him right there in that yeah. one little clip. That little the smirk, the shrug to the side, the like, what, what, what are you gonna do? <laughs> you know, yeah, it's exactly. great. Yeah, yeah. If a picture's worth a thousand words, you also get words in comics, so it's great. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, you do. And so, and sometimes the words aren't good. But at least the <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's kind of what I was asking about this week. I just, I just had a. I don't know why I even thought about that. Just with the, you know, I guess because the the people from RoboCop are going to be at uh, like MegaCon or something. We saw, and then of course ah. I thought about it. So my phone was like, "Hey, somebody else made a RoboCop yeah, video." Of course, course. Yeah. And, cool. Yeah, and they just kind of linked it all together. And I'm like, RoboCop made its way to the comics from a movie that actually did a lot better than I thought it did originally. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a big movie, actually. RoboCop two. The was first two were stuff. the first two were baller. I love. I remember the first two really well. The third one wasn't great, but I remember seeing them with my dad in theaters. Yeah, yeah they're they're pretty big movies. I was probably a little young to see those in theaters, but. Um, yeah, that's, that's super cool, man. I really appreciate you, uh, telling us about that, that kind of aspect of comics that we're not familiar with, you know? 
Yeah, it's fun because right now um, Marvel has uh, an al- a new volume of Alien comics that just started Sweet. up. Sweet. Um, and because Alex, Alex likes to watch superhero movies, but he doesn't like the comic books as much. Okay. Like, he likes like the real property comic books. So he like he's been collecting the Predator comics from Marvel and the Alien comics from Marvel. And um, they've done like a couple of little like six issue little like you know short mini series of both sometimes twelve issues. But he has all the alien and all the um, all the predators since Marvel got the licensing back from those mm-hmm. for those characters and the Planet of the Apes also. He has oh. Planet of the Apes comics. So right now, like the the new issue of Alien number one just came out like two weeks ago. But there's also um, a Predator versus Wolverine miniseries cool. that he's like all over. So yeah, he 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 likes those. So we we get to see they're not really um, pushed as much. It's more of like Marvel's just like we have the money, so let's just you know pop them out. They're really not putting as much thought into them. Okay, but they've got some pretty good talent on them, and they're fun for what they are. They're never going to have an impact on anything. They're never going to be stories that we'll be tell- talking about the way we talk about like, you know, some of these other stories like right. in Star Wars that add much to the lore, but they're still, um, they're still fun. And like, you no, know, like I said, he's, that's what he's into. And like, you know, he loves these Predator and Alien books. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, but they're, I mean, they, they may not be, you know, quote, mainstream stories, unquote, but you know, th- those are stories, they exist. And ultimately yeah. like, you know, you can, you can go and read those stories and they can exist within their own, like, pocket world you know what i mean that doesn't have to be connected to something else right and for and in some ways that makes it a little bit easier and more digestible you don't need 45 books to understand what's happening in this even from like volume to volume like the 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 two the last two predator volumes were connected like there were six issues followed immediately by six issues and they were very connected. Like you saw characters like you know, like appear, but like the, the alien ones like are taking place at different timelines. So it's like this mm-hmm. is like six issues here, and now we've just jumped to a completely different era. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to have worried about that last one at all. The only reason they did multiple Predator miniseries is because they knew new number ones are gonna sell more money. Right. Okay. So it's easier to relaunch than it is to just, you know, to not. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. So they'll yeah. do that. And there's a million but, uh, concepts but, yeah. you can use with that. You know, there's a million planets predators can go to and do. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's a lot of fun, but it's, it, but that's, that's one of the, I'd say one of the biggest barriers, the two biggest barriers in getting into comic books nowadays are the price point because they're super expensive, especially when you compare them to other medium, you know, media that you can use Right. when you can spend, you know, 70 bucks on a video game and play it for years versus you know spending you know five bucks on a comic book four bucks on a comic book that you're going to finish in like five ten minutes and maybe not even like the the pay the 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 value the cost benefit analysis is, is mm-hmm. completely skewed for other media so it's a Makes lot sense. harder for people to if, if you have a limited money to spend if you have not as much disposable income you want to spend it and get the most bang for your buck and you're not getting that with comic books by and large is you just not and between that and the so steeped in continuity, it gets right. really hard when like, you know, I have a, a shield comic mm-hmm. and I think like almost at least I'd say maybe over half of its run, it was tied into other events. Yeah. So if you weren't getting those other events, you can just skip those issues. But it was like, what's the point of having this twelve issue series run when you're spending six issues? It's tied into Standoff, right. and it's tied mm-hmm. into Secret Empire, and it's tied into this storyline. You shouldn't need 
get 45 books to understand and follow one character right and you know for a while like you know batman has batman and detective comics and multiple other bat books you don't need all of them superman has superman and action comics and other books you don't need all of them but, you but know, they like, do cross over a lot. You know, Stan Lee used to always say, like, you know, treat every comic book like it's somebody's first comic book because it is. Um, you know, when you start yeah. doing all of those uh, those crossovers and stuff, eventually you're kind of you're going to lose people because they're going to like, uh, OK, I don't want to go back and read all this stuff, you know? Yeah. Well, and, Spider-Man and Superman back in the day were really difficult if you had like a limited income because they had storylines that ran through every one of the book every month uh-huh. so if you were getting superman you had to get superman and steel you had to get superman you had to get the adventures of superman and you had to get <laughs> action comics featuring superman because it was a four-part storyline every month right. or an eight-part storyline over two months and now they go their own separate ways and they eventually come back together for a crossover like where they go back and forth but that would happen a lot with Batman every year. Batman would have their bat his Batman story, and Detective would do its own thing. But then they would come together for this like multi part that had all the Bat books in it, oh, and they cool. were. There's a different. I don't know if if the listeners know the difference between like you no know, some crossovers. Some crossovers are where part one is in Batman, part two is in Detective Comics, part three is in whatever, and you have to follow them place to place. Some of them are like Infinity Gauntlet that we've talked about, where it's. Infinity Gauntlet 1 through 6, and then there's a bunch of tie-in titles that kind of fill in some gaps that you don't get to see on those pages where you don't really need to read them. You can just get away with reading the six issues of Infinity Gauntlet and get a good story. Right. And versus I, this type of crossover where yeah. you have to get yeah. all 25 parts because they're like chapters in a book. And, th- and that's another thing. When they do put them together like that, obviously they're going to cost more. You're going to pay $20 or, or more, depending on how many comics are, are smashed together in those trade paperbacks. But that's also a really cool resource to get into it. I mean, I still haven't finished Infinity War yet, but it's, it's pretty fascinating. Um, I need to get on that actually. Yeah, it's, it's, it's cool to see like how – it's funny sometimes how they collect some of them because like I used to – when Doolin and I were doing Nerdtopia cast, mm-hmm. I did a – I did a, you know, I've mentioned this one column I used to do chronologically challenged where I would take <laughs> all yes. of the – all of the event books like for an event and I would list the reading order because I always have to put them in reading order because you might have three issues of Captain America ties into this one series – but it all takes place in between issues three and four of the series. Mm-hmm. Whereas the X-Men one may one of them one of the issues may take place during issue three. One may take place during issue five. You know, some of it's not always clean because like you know that you know there's not as much communication between the different offices. Right. But there's generally I like to leave it so that if there's a big event that happens, you see it in the main book first, and then you see the fallout or the other side of it, like in the in the ancillary titles. And when I did Fear itself had like 149 books. Wow. Fear itself was was massive. But I used this big battle between the thing and the Hulk was like a pivotal point in Fear Itself 3. So if you were dealing with the fallout of that, you knew it took place after number three. If it hadn't happened yet, it took place before number three. And then just trying to fit it in so it makes a nice reading order. And I would do that for everyone so that they if they were getting some of the tie-ins or all of them like I do they would know what order to read them for a more cohesive story without spoiling things for themselves. Right. Oh, that's cool. Marvel doesn't do that. DC doesn't do that for the I people. Mean, Disney I actually, do that for the people because I love you guys. Oh, <laughs> and we appreciate that. Um, I mean, Disney kind of did that with the um, the MCU movies. They put them in chronological order, vice yeah. release order. They've done both on the channel. So if somebody wants to watch them, you know, without, like you're saying, spoiling mm-hmm. things, it's kind of cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's 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 a it's a it becomes it becomes different with Disney with with the with the Marvel stuff because sometimes their chron- you know chronology. If, if you watch an entire movie, sometimes the stinger at the ends winds up being at a different time. You know, so oh, yeah, you know, winds yeah, up yeah. changing things around. You know, like at the end of like you know Captain America, where he you know wakes up you mm-hmm. know in, in the post credits and like he's around Nick Fury. If you haven't seen that before, you know, you've seen like, you know, the Avengers stuff, it kind of spoils a little bit of it, you know, where they're yeah. mentioning like, you know, people like that. But it's, you know, it's, there's things that happens in the comic books too, where like, you know, you'll have a tie in that takes place completely within like issue like four, but then the last three pages take place when it's all done. It's like, son of a bitch, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to put you at the end Good because time. you're screwing people over. <laughs> but it's, yeah. but, it, but it's, it's done so that people didn't have to follow. If, if they just wanted to follow, say, Captain Marvel. You know, they could have just read Captain Marvel and gotten the Cliff's notes of what happened in the main events, and you know, and I appreciate that from that standpoint. But mm-hmm. when you're reading all of them together, or when you're reading them together, and you can tell like different writers were not on the same page, and the same event happens like 15 different ways, you're like, come <laughs> on, man, <laughs> just be better. <laughs> exactly. Well, right on, man. Cool. Well, yeah, we appreciate your time. Yeah, today. absolutely, been, brother. Been yeah. yeah, it's been a great informative conversation, man. I always love sitting down and breaking it down with you, man. It's. Uh, it's one of one of my favorite parts of the show. Absolutely, this is this it's is all good. I enjoy it. It's I get to talk comic books with my friends, so I'm, I'm cool <laughs> with it. Awesome, <laughs> I love it. Well, brother, I wish you a very uh, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, get out there, and make some memories with your family. All right, yeah, you guys, stay safe. All right, I'll talk all to right. you next week. Thanks. All right, later, talk brother. All right. all right, bye. Bye. So I thought for mysterious world today we do something that's kind of. Um, Thanksgiving adjacent, I guess. Or, <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, well, you know, well, back when, back during the time of the pilgrims and, you know, everything was, uh, you know, the, the wild civilization was still here and, you know, we had, you know, people colonizing it essentially. So, right, right. Um, so this story actually predates the pilgrims by, uh, let's see, about, about 30 years or so before, okay. before the, the pilgrims came over to join. Yeah. But of course, you know, as we know, like, you know, the new world was already here when the pilgrims came over in 1620. And, uh, some of those, uh, some of those people that were already here can actually be traced back to August of 1587. Um, when a group of uh, 115 English settlers arrived on Roanoke Island, and I think you know what I'm going to talk about here. Ooh, yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about the lost colony of Roanoke, which uh, still, uh, according to who you talk to, is still kind of one of history's great mysteries. Uh, now, Roanoke Island, if you didn't know, is off the coast of what is now North Carolina. Now, this followed an earlier failed attempt at a settlement on Roanoke two years earlier, um, and these colonists intended to form the first permanent English outpost here in the New World. So this Which, would have been on the island. I, I think now everybody considers that kind of Jamestown, right? The 400th anniversary. I think Jamestown, Jamestown's a little bit north of it Rhone. Is. Yeah, it, it yeah. is, absolutely. It's in Virginia, you know, like kind of. And um, yeah. I think the Queen of England actually even came over for the 400th anniversary oh, did of she? that. Yeah, That's kind of interesting. <laughs> that's, that's kind of funny, right? She, like, she didn't go to D.C. and like see the president or anything. She just came to her colony and checked on it, you know? <laughs> it's, it's long gone. Yeah. I mean, well, it's there, but, you know, yeah. it's not it's not yours anymore. It's a little different, yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, but anyways, so um, later that year, this is 1587, uh, it was decided that John White, the governor of this colony, uh, would sail back to England in order to gather a load of fresh supply, supplies. And as he arrived, a major naval war broke out between England and Spain, and Queen Elizabeth I called on every available ship to confront the Spanish oh, wow. Armada. So like, he's like, hey, guys, I'll be right back. 
I'm going to go, I'm going to run home, pick up some things. I'll be back. You yeah, know? Yeah. Um, and so when he gets there, like all hell breaks loose. Um, so in August, so he, he left, uh, so he's not, he doesn't make it back for three years, which, you know, that's a long time. It is a long time. Even, even by like, you know, 15, you know, late 1500 standards, like that's still like, it's only, it's only takes like a couple, like what, month and a half, two months to like cross the ocean back then, you know? Uh, Yeah. I'm not sure how fast the ships were actually. Uh, yeah, I think it took a couple months. That voyage took a couple of, it was like when I worked on cruise ships, like, you know, I'd cross the Atlantic in eight days. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're way faster now. Yeah. Way faster now and way easier. Um, Right. Cause you're not just relying on the winds and and the stars and that kind of thing. Anyways. Um, so in August of 1590, white finally returns to Roanoke where he'd left his wife and his daughter and his infant granddaughter, wow. who uh, whose name was Virginia Dare, she was the first English child born in the Americas, oh, by wow. the way. That's neat. Um, and all the other settlers three years before, he found no trace of the colony or its inhabitants. Um, and there was like everything had just been packed up. It wasn't like it wasn't like uh, the houses had been burned to the ground or there were signs of like a native attack or anything like that. Like it was just gone. Oh, that weird. was the whole like everything. They everything. So got, it wasn't like everything got everything got there? yeah everything got packed up like like weird yeah. So that was that's kind of what now if, if like he had re- if he had returned to find like ash and rubble, He'd that'd be like be, oh man there was a big fire or yeah something. yeah yeah that'd be one thing. But there was there was nothing, and I think that's what's captivated so many people on the lost colony of Roanoke. Like like you had time to pack up and go, but you know you didn't like leave anything behind but oh well there was something that was left behind really? um two uh two things there was a single word Cro- uh, croton that was carved onto a wooden post that had been left behind what does that mean that was nobody nobody knows croatan cro, cro- i think it's cro- croatan or yeah. croton well there's like a croatan area this is different though i think yeah that's weird so um, it raises the question, like, you know, was the lost colony of Roanoke ever found? What happened to the lost colony? So in uh, 1602, so this is about 12 years later, Sir Walter Riley decided to find out what happened. So this is something he took upon himself. So he hired. Okay. Um, he chartered his own ship, paid his own sailors' wages. Oh, wow. And they focused on this mission of, like, going out and finding out, like, what happened to the, this colony. So they reached Virginia, but a severe storm forced them to go back to England before they were able to reach Roanoke Island. Uh, so they got all the way there, turned around, and went home, basically. Huh. Um, so when he arrived back in England, Riley was arrested for treason before he could organize any more missions back to Roanoke. So I imagine that's like, that's a totally different story. So like the one guy, yeah. So whatever, whatever he was doing back home, like maybe the mission was like, like I got to get out of here, you know, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Um, so the next year, 1603, another fact finding mission to Roanoke led, led by Barth- Bartholomew Gilbert ended in disaster. Once again, a storm, Blew his ship off the uh, off the course, and the team went ashore. That went ashore, rather, was attacked and killed by natives. Okay, and the remaining crew returned to England without having found any information on the colonists. So basically, there's um, two like exploration missions to figure out what happened, and both of them were you know stopped um, mm-hmm. by storms and native attacks and that kind of thing. So um, you know 
nothing was ever. I think, and by that point, I, everyone just said, "Okay, we're we're just not going to figure it out." Right, you know. Right. Um, so there's there's a couple of popular theories, and they get um, they get a little bit more silly as as it goes. Like the last of course, one, right. the last one I thought was just really really, really? silly. Okay. Um, so some <clears throat> of the ideas are like what happened: the colonists were <clears throat> killed or abducted by Native Americans. Okay. Um, the colonists tried to sail back to England on their own and got lost at sea. Oh, that, oh I, didn't I think, think about that's that. probably the most feasible one, right? Like, like especially if they, if they packed like, up everything. Yeah, the weather could built, be bad. So. Built ships and like, hey, this this isn't working. We we get, we're gonna head back. Okay. Um, the colonists met a bloody end at the hand of Spaniards who marched up from Florida. Which that's a long walk. Which you know, but that would also make sense though if um, Short sale. the Spaniards, the, well, the Spaniards walked up, and if they attacked the colony, because they could have, then they would have disassembled all the houses and used it as resources, right? Like, right, that makes sense. Um, uh, am I mistaken? Saint Augustine was around, right? Oh it's yeah, been around since the yeah, 1500s. Mo- yeah, most yeah. definitely, Saint Augustine so, was around. So yeah, they I mean, could have marched up from Florida or okay. sailed up or the sailed coast. Up the coast, yeah. Which I mean, the waters up there around, um, you know, the the outer mm-hmm. banks and stuff are very dangerous. You know, when, yeah, when there's storms, and whatnot, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah <clears> kind of interesting. Um, another one is uh, the colonists moved further inland and were absorbed into a friendly tribe of natives. So they basically went and lived with like yeah, but, just kind of yeah, but they would have left like. The, the the thing about that is they would have left like some sort of uh, note, like, "Hey, this is this is where we went," you know, like so, you know. Yeah, you would think they would you would be able to figure that out. Yeah, like they like they, I think they were supposed to. If the if colonies it, if the colonies left, they were supposed to like leave something behind to signify that hey, we've moved. You right. know what I mean? But there were, there wasn't anything. Well, and then whoever they assimilated into, you would think some of their influence would be visible, like, "Oh, yeah. hey, this is like English tools or mm-hmm. or something like that," you know. Um, the other thing is the colonists faced disease, like they that could be. But then again, that wouldn't explain all the stuff disappearing. Exactly. Um, the colonists resorted to cannibalism, Ooh. which once again, like that, that doesn't explain away everything. No, not really. Um, and then the finally, and this one I thought was really silly when I googled it. This came up. The colonists experienced a zombie apocalypse, <laughs> and I thought that was so funny. And I was like, wait, what? That's a theory. So I googled it, and I was like. Lost Colony Zombies? Question mark Google and okay. Google basically said you're an idiot. Like, yeah. <laughs> it just said no. This this theory is did been debunked because zombies do not exist. Right. Okay. <laughs> you know well, okay. we we figured that part out. Yeah. Right? No, that that's it is a weird story, man. Yeah. And, and those times, like when I was saying earlier, I, I watched an episode of the 1883. Like that that's 200 years later, and then some almost 300 years later, and it it's a that was a rough time to live. You know what it makes me think about, um, and I'm going to go into a comic book here a little bit, but there was, um, back in the 90s, there was a, a Spawn Batman crossover okay. that revolved around, like, the the Lost Colony, basically. Like, huh. yeah, like, the like Croton was a demon or something that, like, wiped out this thing, and Did now, Spawn like... Spawn have to go fight him? Spawn and Batman had to team up to go fight him. Like, that was the whole That's thing. That's pretty wild. So, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, was it a demon? I don't know. It could be. <laughs> wow. A little bit know, of a, a little bit of a PS though on on this whole story. In 2007, efforts began yeah, to uh, collect and analyze DNA from local families to figure out if they're related to the Roanoke settlers, um, lo- uh, local native tribes of that area, or both. And despite the lingering mystery, 
seems there's one thing to be thankful for here, thankful for here on Thanksgiving, and that is the lessons learned at Roanoke may have helped them uh, may have helped the next group of English settlers who found their own colony 17 years later, just a short distance to the north at what we call Jamestown. Jamestown. Yeah, and so. obviously that's still there. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, people still they made there, it. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, so there's one thing. It's you know maybe the failure of Roanoke led to Jamestown. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's just so weird that they would just vanish. Yeah, just totally. I mean, because there's still I mean, Viking settlements and stuff yeah. in America. They find traces of you know, like yeah, crazy exactly. Stuff like like you just like gone without a trace. And I think that's that's why the um, the lost colony of Roanoke still seems to capture everybody's imaginations even now, like you know, 400 plus years later. You right. know crazy yeah it's wild i've been up there to the um what's the fort there's a fort in not, i don't think it's in jamestown but it's it's up out there on the on the chesapeake bay and there was like a big battle there oh my gosh it was like the final battle of the revolution i can't even remember it but it's kind of neat to see oh, all wow. the history stuff um all the redoubts are there and and where they you know where the big battle happened and mm-hmm. stuff and Pretty, pretty I'll have to go check that out sometime. You know, uh, uh, you know, my girlfriend and I are like always looking for uh, when we go on vacation. For her, it's anything that's historical. She needs to go check oh, it out. That and see fun. it. So. Well, they have Williamsburg up there. You know, Virginia. They've got like a colonial yeah. town and um, you know, Bush Gardens and all stuff. Up nice. There too. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of neat. Uh, it's a neat area. I mean, you think about it. Like, there's woods and there's animals and there's farmland there now. I mean, obviously, it wasn't when they showed up, but um, you would think somebody would be able to survive in that area. Yeah. Like. I don't know. You know, maybe what if like they, I mean, a couple of theories here. Uh, what if they went to it is live with, what if they went to go like live with this native tribe that like invited them mm-hmm. in? Um, and, you know, so they took everything down and they were just like, Hey man, no, it's not a problem. Like, we'll just, we'll just go back and, you know, leave a note or whatever. But after they went, like things turned sour really fast with well, this native tribe, you know, maybe, I don't know. Who knows? Kind of hard to say. Yeah. That's an interesting mystery, though, for sure. Yep. There's, there's some good shows on it. I know people can get out there. and I'm sure there's stuff on YouTube and whatnot, but uh, the History Channel did an episode on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think some other channels have done stuff, too. Probably Discovery and all that. Yeah, pretty interesting. Yeah, cool stuff. All right, well, that's uh, uh, Mysterious World for today. Let's uh, check in with... Oh, God. Let's check in with Uncle Chuck. <laughs> now, retired down in Florida is where he lives. He's a dear old man with some advice to give. If you don't like it, then I guess you're out of luck. It's time for advice from your dear old Uncle Chuck. Uncle Chuck gives a fuck. Hey, Uncle Chuck, how you doing? Hey, sport, I'm doing all right. <laughs> Getting set to walk out the door and... Head up to the family Thanksgiving. Yeah, we've 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 got you. We got a a, ta- a place at the table ready for you, Uncle Chuck. <laughs> oh, wonderful, wonderful! And uh, Helen made made some deviled eggs because I know the girl will Hoover them up like some sort of Dyson <laughs> vacuum cleaner mixed with an Ovo Raptor. Yeah, my sister's really bad about eating all the deviled eggs, man. So it's really not a bad idea to kind of bring your own. Uh, Leslie's really <laughs> Leslie's really bad about that, unfortunately. Um, is, is she is. Is Helen bringing anything else, or is it just just the deviled eggs? Uh, she has has once again made her special pie. Not not the pie that's special to me, Ew. but you know the the pumpkin oh, pie. I mean, the, the, isn't that the the shit she got from the grocery store? Like that is homemade. 
that is that is homemade, and it's just so good. You you think it's store bought, Uncle Chuck? Mm. I saw a damn price tag on it last year. <laughs> She's an entrepreneur. That's what she tells me. Oh God. All right. Well, anyways, I look forward to the store bought apple pie and the deviled eggs that Helen's bringing. So, do you, <laughs> let me ask. Let me ask you this: Do you have any um, for our listeners out there? Do you have any Thanksgiving Day? advice to you know anybody anybody out there who's listening maybe like you know don't burn the house down yeah don't do that oh you know there, there is one sacred tradition some one sacred american tradition that i've noticed that the children these these millennials these zoomers these whatever the fuck you call them they don't respect the remote control hierarchy all right but i don't know explain the the remote control hierarchy to me a little bit do you know anything about the uh, remote control hierarchy keith uh i feel like i've experienced it for sure as a child <laughs> all right what's what's up with the yeah, remote control your, your hierarchy? parents didn't put up with that bullshit that, that's why you've experienced it <laughs> The older the relative, okay. the the first dibs on the remote. And, you know, there are only two programs permitted on television during Thanksgiving afternoon. Okay. That is those parades, which thankfully they have the good taste to get rid of, you know, run through in, mo- in the morning <laughs> for your children. Okay. But then football. Ah, yeah, the football. Well, like, not everybody watches football, Uncle Chuck. And they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the, what is it the lions and cowboys always all right play all right well all right so i i feel like you're a little bit upset about something that happened last year so let's 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 break this down all right you came over you filled up on turkey you were watching football and you passed out in the recliner all right i was listening to the game and resting my eyes you were snoring bitch <laughs> i was breathing out loud <laughs> listen you're not sleeping in the recliner. Are you all right? I mean, you're you're not watching the game. You're sleeping in the recliner. No, right? no, you tell. you had it correct the first time, sport. <laughs> Your heart knows the truth. God dang it! <laughs> all right. Well, I don't know. Maybe we'll have some sort of uh, secondary television or something out there, so I don't have to watch the stupid sports ball game this year. You put hair on your chest. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> all right well <laughs> i mean kind of like that goofy broad my brother's married too <laughs> uh, do you mean uh talking about my my mother again uncle chuck <laughs> the broad you know the broad the yeah. one with the name bronwyn that's that's my mother uncle chuck yeah denver broncos oh, right jesus <sighs> yeah the, that's that's her and she's she's still here my parents are still together I'm gonna have to separate you guys. When uh, it gets here. <laughs> I mean, well, a couple of years ago, I mean, it tears guys, me up inside. Well, you guys had it out a couple of years ago, and I'm really hoping to avoid that at Thanksgiving this year. Oh, then that means you're keeping her far the hell away from the turkey. Then, well, look, you were pretty rude about the turkey she made, Uncle Chuck. She's oversensitive. You think? You think so? Or do you remember exactly what it was you said about the turkey? Uh, I said it was drier than the Ethiopian desert. <laughs> okay, um, you equated it to child abuse and called her a communist. Oh, man. <laughs> I said what I said. Oh, jeez. All right, well, I guess we'll we'll dump some more gravy on it if it's too, too dry for you. All right, so... <laughs> 
I like gravy. <laughs> would you have preferred I said it's drier than a librarian's pussy? No, I definitely wouldn't want you to say that. Good God almighty. All right. This is, this is going to be uh, an interesting Thanksgiving. All right. Well, I'll let you, uh, you. You've got a long drive up from Boca, so I guess I'll see you in a couple hours, okay? Yes, you will. It'll be good to see you sport. Are you going to be there, Scamp? I will be there for a little bit, of course. Any, any way Wonderful. to get three or four Thanksgiving dinners on the same day. <laughs> hey, you know, you work the scam. Absolutely. And obviously, you know, football and, and therefore, you know, we can watch football while, while sport here whines in the corner. And I mean, I don't mind watching anime or something. The We're going to watch funny book movies. <laughs> yeah. If there's room on the couch, I can take a nap too. <laughs> rest your eyes that, that that's 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 the trick you rest your eyes you can enjoy the game and none's the wiser all right well go ahead and get on the road uncle chuck because uh yeah you're not getting those eyes aren't getting any younger so get on up there drive safe i'll see you in a couple hours <laughs> all right see you later sport all right happy uncle thanksgiving chuck. everybody all right happy thanksgiving uncle chuck dick <laughs> Well, sometimes Keith, uh, you know, we uh, we like to flex our acting muscles here just a little bit, but uh, I uh, I go to I go to the, some uh, artificial intelligence and give it the parameters to write a script for us to perform in uh, in a bit that we like to call AI Theater Presents. Indeed, scripted. I don't delights. know how much of a flex this is all the time for for my acting muscles. <laughs> yeah, it's so. just fun, you yeah, know. It is a good time. This, this whole show is a good time. <laughs> Now for another edition of AI Theater Presents Scripted Delights. So for this week's AI Theater Presents Scripted Delights, Keith, um, I, I was like, you know, we, we did a fun one for uh, for Halloween, for our Halloween yeah, special. Yeah, that, that was good. That was uh, Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger going into the haunted house. And for this one, I was just like, I'm like, there's no real, like, Thanksgiving scenarios you could really do, you know? I know, it's kind of odd, yeah. So I, I was like, all right, well, what am I going to do? So we took, um, I went to, went back to my childhood for this one. And I took two of my favorite characters growing up, Bert and Ernie. You guys remember Bert and Ernie? Classic. From, from yeah. Sesame Street. Absolutely. But what's what happened to them like years after Sesame Street? I uh, wondered. So we uh I, I put them together as two buddy cops. Yeah, maybe they became police officers. They became they became detectives solving a Thanksgiving Day heist. Sounds good. And uh this was the script that AI gave us. So please, everybody, enjoy our uh our edition of Bert and Ernie Turkey Trouble on Sesame Street, the uh, the trailer for the movie. All right, and here we go. <clears throat> In a world where Thanksgiving is under threat, two unlikely heroes are about to serve up justice. Bert, the master of deduction, and Ernie, the king of mischief, are teaming up to stop the biggest heist in holiday history. Ernie, we've got a Thanksgiving crisis on our hands. I know, <laughs> I know, Bert. Those turkeys won't get away with it. All right, you bastards, here we come. From the kitchen to the streets, these two buddy cops will chase down the notorious turkey gang, determined to steal the world's supply of pumpkin pie. With their wits, humor, and a whole lot of feathers flying, Bert and Ernie will carve out a path to victory. Keep your eyes peeled, Ernie. 
And your cranberry sauce ready, Bert. <laughs> Watch as they navigate through a parade of chaos, dodging gravy spills and outsmarting turkey disguises. Will they be able to save Thanksgiving and bring the culprits to justice? Get ready for a feast of laughter and heartwarming moments in this hilarious holiday adventure. We're on their tail, Ernie. They won't gobble their way out of this one, Bert. <laughs> Bert and Ernie, Turkey Trouble on Sesame Street. Coming soon to a theater near you. Get ready for a hilarious feast of action. Gobble up the excitement. And scene, and scene. acting. Thank you. <laughs> Ooh, man. Oh, that was fun. AI theater. AI theater presents. Always a good time, right? Yeah, that was, was kind of interesting. <laughs> kind of interesting. <laughs> That's what my grandmother used to say when she didn't like something. <laughs> like, hey, grandma, what'd you think of that? Uh, what'd you think of that sandwich I made? Well, it was interesting. Oh, <laughs> fascinating. Oh, that was great. Well. I want to I wanna go get some turkey in me, man. Let's do it. Let's eat all the deviled eggs before Uncle Chuck no, before gets here. I, hell yeah, I'm going to eat I'm gonna eat every single... Before my sister gets here, because she's I always the one that eats things. them. So that's always a good time. For Zoomundo Podcast, first of all, happy Thanksgiving, happy everybody. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Have a Zoomundus week. And uh, we'll see you next time, guys. Have a good one. Peace out. Yeah. Oh, man. What you know? I, I'm gonna make some uh, deviled eggs that have uh, bacon crumbles and blue cheese. Have you ever had so well, good? I'm dude. willing to try it. Oh man, it's good stuff. That sounds interesting. Let's carve up some turkey. Oh, turkey sandwiches. I like the white for weeks. Oh, for weeks. Oh, open face turkey sandwiches. Oh heck With yeah. the stuffing. Oh, carbs man. on carbs. Cheese. I, I freaking love it. Let's do it. <laughs>